Welcome to the MTN Podcast, a series of interviews which connects Montana Colors with some of the world's most engaging urban artists. Today we extend an invitation to a Miami muralist whose lifelong commitment to fine art has led her to develop a style that pays homage to flora, fauna and feisty females in her eye-catching large format pieces. Drawing inspiration from her Latin American roots, her rich and detailed pieces seem to recall a dream sequence from a movie and seem to unsettle and reassure at the same time. It's MTN Fantasy Month this month at Montana, so there was no better time to connect with this figure sitting at the top table of contemporary muralism. I'm Diagonal Mark, and this is the MTN Podcast with Tatiana Suarez. Tell me what you're doing today. What's your plans? It's the morning over there. It is. I mean, yeah, it's already noon. Um, made it to the studio, because I don't know if you saw, like, on Instagram, but I finally got my own studio space back in, like, June. So that's been exciting to have a space to commute to and come to and, like, work and kind of keep it separate from the home life. So... But this past month's been so complicated just with, uh, like, just so many life things that I haven't had a chance to make it out here just to work, which has been frustrating. So this has been, like, the second day that I'm back here and my kid's in school and I feel like I can produce something. <laughs> so what were you looking for in a studio? What I was looking for in a studio? Uh... Open space, like a lot of natural lighting, which is super important to me, and then just like high ceilings because I've been, I feel like two of the last canvases I've done are very big, and after painting murals for a while, it felt nice to like, to take that size to canvas and like, and do my oil paintings rendered in that size. So to me, it was important to get like really big, nice, high like ceilings and wall space and we got it I'm sharing it with two other artists and um, yeah I couldn't have asked for a better little space right now as a beginner space <laughs> one of the things that I think strikes Europeans when they head over to the states or Latin America is the scale I mean what you would consider a, a, a like a big studio for me is like a warehouse or, or something like that um, do you always want to go big is that is that really important for you um, recently I've kind of, I feel like now that I have the space and now after painting walls, because I haven't always painted murals, I, I'd love to work big, but the space at home has always been kind of, it's, it's limited me. So now that I have the space and I just did like a really big canvas for powwow and that was fun. So yes, I, I want to go bigger. <laughs> And bigger allows for like multimedia so I could go in and use some spray paint in it too and I can't really do that on like the smaller canvas works of mine so so tell me about your how you got into to murals I mean I know you were painting from a very early age I think you had influence from from your father maybe um so how when how did you take that step on onto uh, large-scale murals um it was actually back in 2008 or 2009 that I did my first mural and it was uh, 
it was a lot of it was because a lot of my graffiti friends they just kind of kept encouraging me they're like oh you should take it out you should take it like put it on a wall make it large put it out and to me that was just always like um there's no there's no way I'd be able to I wouldn't even know where to begin like the process of getting one of my pieces that large scale and then one of my friends was one of the uh, one of the directors of primary flight which was like one of the first mural graffiti festival type projects to happen in Winwood and and they provided me with this wall inside the RC cola plant just like a little nook in the back and it took me a week I mean it wasn't my biggest piece but I you know I've never done that before and it took me the whole week and I was there with like my brush and my bucket paint and I and that's it like I got it and I got such a great response from that like that year I met so many people um that are now like just brands and you know uh gallery owners and the whole painting painting murals opened like a whole new door and like world for me so forever grateful for that and so you were introduced to the scene by by graffiti in a way i mean does yeah does, yeah does muralism and graffiti get along okay in in miami i think so um I feel like when I first started this, uh, when I first started painting murals, and I was really only doing one a year, and it was always around, you know, Basel Week, um, there was a little more, I feel like I was receiving more criticism from um, male graffiti artists about my technique and stuff like that, um, but I don't feel that, that, uh, that like weird rivalry as much anymore I feel like a lot of graffiti artists that I met along the way have now kind of like um evolved and started doing more like fine art and mural work as well it's just part of it like they're just evolving (laughs) so the murals that you that you might um produce in Miami or anyone else might produce they get respected by the the graffiti community because I don't really I'm not very active here I don't have many murals up in Miami um I did however do a mural back it's gonna be a year now it was like October November for um for Netflix and um it was kind of a weird it was a very weird project where I didn't actually get to physically paint the mural myself I, I designed it I digitally painted it but then they hired another company to paint it which wow that's weird I don't yeah I don't I don't necessarily like that I don't think I'll ever do that again it was like a learning experience but the mural was in Wynwood like on Fifth Avenue and um because it was for Netflix it was for Selena it um it totally got bombed, like, before they even finished it. And then uh, I think some of the things people were saying was just they don't like um, advertisements in Wynwood. So the graffiti artists are still pretty, you know. When it comes to murals, I, I feel like everything's respected for a while. But if it's any commercial work, like commercial mural work, they're going to hit it up and it's going to get, you know, it's going to get dissed. Um when they found out that I am, like, down with 
the like the crew they kind of like they like hit me up on instagram and apologized for like disrespecting it but i was like that's fine <laughs> right it was out of your hands by that point yeah i was just like all right well thanks i guess for reaching out but i shouldn't have done that Take me on a little walk through modern day Wynwood. Is it is it still the oasis of urban art that I've been led to believe? I mean, when's the last time you've been? Here? Never. <laughs> Never. No. Oh wow. <laughs> well, it's changed a lot. Like I I barely make it out there, and when I do, I'm just kind of in awe at like how much it's changed. There's just so many. Um, I feel like as far as artists, everyone's been pushed out, and now it's all just kind of like the new hot neighborhood to go, you know, party and, and drink. <laughs> so there's a lot of restaurants, and there's a lot of bars, and there's a lot of new, like, buildings going up, and it's beautiful. But you still do see, like, murals and art everywhere. It's just, um, I don't know, it's not what it used to be. And then the outskirts of it, I feel like are still like true Winwood because that is where you'll see like graffiti and murals and murals that are completely covered by graffiti. But as far as the heart of it, I feel like it's um I don't know. It's very like developed now. There's all these museums and you have an all-time favorite mural from Winwood. Something that's really stood out to you? Well, right now the there's like a huge Elmac one that's like right in the heart of it. And I love it. I was painting there, like, the week before, you know, the world shut down during the pandemic. I was painting in Wynwood. And when you're walking through there and then you come across this mural and it's just so large. Because my, um, Wynwood doesn't really have any, like, high buildings. Everything's just warehouse, warehousey and, like, <clears throat> like, one story. So this massive wall with a massive Elmac mural, just, like, white background, just clean. It feels like such a... You, like, stop in your tracks and look up, and it feels like such a breath of fresh air in a neighborhood that's just, like, completely covered in, you know, like, stencil art and graffiti and Wynwood. So that always, to me, I don't know, it seems very well curated in a mess of just, you know, street art noise. So that one's really, like, standing out to me right now. El Mac um, has that. Um, he well, he's reached that point where just by his technique, you can recognize his work. Um, that's, you can't yeah, say that about many cool. artists. It's incredible. And it's so light and airy, and that's what I mean. It just stands there so tall in the middle of all of that, and it's just like wow. It, I don't know. It stops. It stopped me in my tracks. But um, there were a lot. There was like a faith one of a full body woman that was wrapped with a snake. I think it was a collaboration with. Alexis and that was always like beautiful to me too um yeah it's just so like over saturated so it's hard like nothing really stands out everything just kind of blends into each other and before you would actually be able to like walk down the street and like see a piece and be like wow you um you spent time in another mecca for graffiti in, in New York you didn't always live in Miami Tell me a little bit about your time there. Did you feel the, the energy of, of graffiti? Did you appreciate it when you were there? Yes, and that's when actually um, I was living in New York and I had never painted a mural before. Um, 
So I I was living in Brooklyn, like in Williamsburg. So yes, like walking around the street and seeing street art and graffiti definitely like caught my attention. And while I was there, um, I'm trying to think of the timeline. Yeah, while I was there, I was just focusing more on my my gallery work because before moving to New York, I had had my first solo show in Miami. So I was just really inspired and pumped to just start like producing work and. It's funny, like while living in New York is when I started getting opportunities to paint murals, like in Miami, and then and all. That. So I ended up moving back. Like I was only in New York for four years, and I don't, I don't feel like that's enough time to really like, you know. I, I it was really sad. It wasn't. That's like the last year there is when I finally started kind of like being introduced to like the art community and like. And being able to exhibit in little galleries and shows over there, and and then and then that's when I left. <laughs> left. But living in New York, and I felt like at the time Miami for the type of art that I was doing, um, the galleries were showing more like contemporary work. And living in New York and having the opportunities to attend openings and like meeting some of my like you know art idols. That was just something that wasn't possible in Miami unless it was Art Week. So it definitely, um, you know, was life changing. Is Miami more comfortable for for you, or, or for the? Uh, would you recommend it for artists in general? I, I feel like everyone should kind of experience living out there. There's no other city like that. To me, Miami is just more comfortable weather wise because <laughs> I was born and raised here, and I'm definitely more of like the tropical tropical kind of girl um I like having you know my car to commute you know my art supplies and stuff so uh to me Miami's more comfortable but like I said it's definitely I think it's important to at least you know visit or live there for a short amount of time if you can just like the access to the, the art galleries and the art museums and stuff just like on days off visiting museums and just getting inspiration and I know that they have that here too I just it's kind of been tough for me as like a new mom I just haven't really had as much time to dedicate to doing those kind of things I want to I want to talk about parenthood in a little bit but first of all I wanted to I wanted to get your point of view on on your your strategy if you have one um do, do the walls, do the murals uh, work as an advert for your oil paintings? Or do the, do the gallery shows help you get bigger walls? Or is is it all just to get more followers on Instagram? I mean, what what's your end game? Um, there's, there's no, like, <laughs> there's no real plan right now. I'm just kind of going with the flow. But I will say, like, I was doing the gallery work I did the mural work the mural work definitely opened a lot of doors and was a springboard it got more galleries attentions and I was still doing gallery work but then it opened doors to be invited to do you know mural festivals and stuff like that and I like them both uh they're both different for me the way I approach like the the pieces like the gallery work I 
I prefer to be in my own space and be able to experiment without having like an audience and just kind of like be in my own bubble and be able to make my mistakes and be the only person to witness that whole process. Um, and then the mural work is completely different and it's, you know, it's large scale, you're outdoors, you're meeting people, you're talking to people, you're dealing with the elements, you're using your entire body in the process, like it's exhausting. And I usually like, there was like four years ago where I was doing a lot of mural festivals and then I just couldn't wait to come home and like be in the studio and work on something smaller where I felt like I had more control over the process. But um, they've both definitely taught me different like painting large scale, there's been a bunch of techniques that I will bring into the mural work. And then a lot of the times working in the studio is the opportunity to experiment on like style changes and being able to take that to the wall. So they both, you know, give and take, they're both, you know, equal. And I don't know what the end game is. I'm kind of enjoying being able to just kind of like go back and forth um, between the two and just always kind of learning from them. With the mural stuff, unlike the studio stuff, it's been able to like meet other artists and share techniques and just learn and grow from that too. I've definitely learned a lot um, from my peers. Um, when it comes to pricing your time, your walls, your pieces, do you find it hard to sell yourself? <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely something I've always kind of struggled with. Um, I know it's different for everyone, but I feel like most creatives just kind of like the the process of actual creating and not like the business aspect of things. And that's why it's good to have some sort of like manager on your side to help with the pricing. But um, I feel like there's been so many projects and paintings, even like within the last year where you kind of realize in the process, like, fuck, I could have, you know... Um, I, I could have charged a little more or I, you know, this contract was kind of shitty at the end and you're like, well, everything's a lesson. And at some point you're just like, well, when do I stop? Like <laughs> having to experience these lessons. But I will say that in the past um, year, just talking to peers, but then also just working on myself. Like I've actually started talking to therapist in this past year of uh, COVID and it's really helped just with the value of yourself and your time and your work and I think parenthood has also contributed to that because my time now is just that much more valuable so I've learned to say no to a lot of um, projects that don't want to pay what I think I am you know worth uh, but yeah that's always a tough one I heard about, or I read about uh, an artist, a female artist, who invented their own agent to answer those emails, um, oh, yeah. who, who had a, a, a male name, and she felt that she got better deals through this male agent. Oh, gee, that sounds pretty genius. <laughs> That's really sad, too. Do you ever feel that you got um, treated uh, in a different way, or...? or not in the way that you would have liked because of, of your gender? I don't feel like I've I've dealt with that yet to an extreme. I mean, the only, the only time I feel like I've encountered that, and I know a lot of 
female artists feel the same way is that if you get invited or put on a roster just because they need, you know, they need a girl, um, I can't be angry at that because that's given me a lot of opportunities to be able to paint, but it also just feels kind of like, do you think I'm worthy or are you just trying to fill that, like, quota? But I, I still personally have never dealt with, like, any negative, you know, like, prejudice because of my gender. Um, as far as, like, paid projects, I mean, I do hear a lot of my male friends and, like, what they get paid for things, and I'm, like, just, like, fuck, I still haven't been approached with those kind of numbers yet, but, um, yeah, maybe I just have a bit shooting high enough. If you were curating an exhibition or maybe like a festival or whatever, would you have a quota of, of like 50-50 gender balance? I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. Because at the same time, um, for all the people that get angry that there's not enough like women representation, I totally agree, but I also feel like it's kind of the same. I, I really don't like answering those questions of, like... I, I mean, I've done a lot of it, and I understand why it's important, but, like, being a female artist, because at the end of the day, I want to just be considered an artist. Um, I feel like the work has to speak for itself as well. But I, I totally understand that the importance of having that platform and being able to... Um, incorporate more female voices or like minority voices I guess what I'm trying to say is like that shouldn't just be the only reason I feel like you also have to be like dedicated and a hard worker and your art has to you know, speak for itself um, so I would it wouldn't exactly be 50-50 I would make it a point because I know a lot of other like amazing female artists to invite them but um 50-50, I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the subjects of your work. I, I love the post yesterday from Wednesday on Wednesday, coming up to Halloween. <laughs> ideal. That's ideal for me. Um, and, yeah, um, it makes a lot of sense um, this month. Um, these Some of these figures that you, that you depict um, come from come from film, come from... But some a lot of them come from your... Um, your heritage, right, from the sort of Latin America? Yeah, I mean, I I feel like recently the body of... When I first started, it was very heavily influenced by my, you know, Brazilian and El Salvadorian background. Um, now, I'd say a lot of it just stems from, you know, just feminine figures and then just, like, folklore and just all of that stuff, but I do tend to keep it more, like, Latin American, you know, rooted in, in that culture. Um, but, um, yeah, sorry, what was the, what so was the, the question? The, so the, the characters that, that pop up, uh, are they kind of invented? Are they from stories a lot of the time? Are they from, are they based on illustrations that you might have seen before, or they come completely from your imagination? Um, I mean, it all kind of depends on it's been a while since I've been able to just sit down and produce like for myself. So I, I'm actually going to have that time coming up now. So I'm curious to see like what, like what's going to happen. But as of now, it's just 
a piece here and there for a group show. So if there is some sort of theme, I'll take that. And then, you know, if there is a story that I've heard in, in like my, my culture or another culture, I'll incorporate, like that'll be the inspiration for the piece. Um, so like, for example, like the show, like the pieces that I, when I travel to do murals, wherever it is that I'm painting, like Hawaii, I like to hear about, um, you know, the culture, if there's any, and then places like that have all sorts of like folklore and like legends, like gods and goddesses. And so I try to incorporate um, that into my work. Also just being in Miami and it being a melting pot of cultures and then just being heavily influenced by nature and being lucky enough to live in a, city in a state that's just so lush and like colorful with plants I'll get my inspiration just from you know the plants that I see outside my window on my commute and I'll do some research on like, the plant and 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 what it represents in like different countries and cultures so all of those things find their ways into the work so you had grandparents from Brazil El Salvador yes yeah, so my my grandmother my mom's side is Brazilian so um, my grandparents passed away, but yeah, Brazil. And then my dad, um, my grandmother um, lives here in Miami. She was actually born in California, and then her parents are Italian. So there's like, there's a big old mix of stuff there. But <laughs> yeah. How much did, did the folklore from these cultures um, find its way into your subconscious when you were a kid? Do you think... Um, this is something you've learned uh, like afterwards, or is this something that has been with you from a very early age? I feel like there's certain things that you remember from a certain age, or just growing up, like just. And I feel like a lot of that has actually come from my mother, not so much like my grandparents and like that. Um, it just growing up. Like, I have memories of my mom visiting me when I lived in Brooklyn and us walking by and there was, like, some flower outside of a bodega. And then she's like, oh, these flowers in Brazil, we call them, like, Brinco de Princesa. And I don't know the name of, I don't know the legit name of that flower, but that translates to, like, princess hearings. So hearing things like that, like, how different cultures, like, like what their names are for certain things, like, that definitely sparks, like, ideas. And that's just been throughout my life and I feel like now as an adult is when those things like stand out to me not so much as a kid um, how are you raising your daughter then I mean what language do you speak to her in and she, I, I don't know what 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 nationality do you think that she's gonna end up with man so I um I was, since she's been born and my husband's Cuban-American he was born here but his parents are Cuban and he's been learning Portuguese like through my family so we've been speaking to her in Portuguese best we can and now that she's three and she's a toddler and she's you know her personality is starting to show and discipline starts to be like is, is an important thing I find myself starting to speak to her more in English because I can't get my point across in Portuguese because English is my first language and I don't you know I don't feel like I can communicate um, what I need to say to her in Portuguese. So we've been speaking more English. I still try to repeat things in Portuguese. 
But now English, you know, everything she watches, the books she reads, school. And then school offers, it's Miami, so you kind of need to, you're going to end up speaking Spanish in Miami, whether you like it or not. So her teachers speak Spanish, and she has half an hour of Spanish. So right now, she's trilingual. Um, I can't tell if she's confused or not. <laughs> but um, I'd love to pack, like, I'd my mom kind of gives me shit that she's losing her Portuguese and I need to do a better job of speaking Portuguese to her more and that kind of makes, you know, as frustrating as it is where, you know, I could communicate better with her in English and my Portuguese isn't, isn't as strong. I would love for her to keep that, like, I would love her to be, like, Brazilian, like, raised Brazilian. My mom's really making it a point. I'm noticing now, like, a lot of the, the books that she has are based on, like, Brazilian legends and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool. I feel like I'm relearning a lot of things through my through my kids um, when it comes to, like, that culture. Is there anything that your daughter has taught you about art? Um, I mean, it's like what I mentioned before, the time, the time aspect of it. Um, I feel like I would take my sweet time, not that, I mean, it takes whatever it takes for people, but I feel like pieces that I could have been completing a long time ago or I question things or I'm insecure about things, I feel like I've been producing quicker than I usually have because now time is just like, now she's in daycare, but before that it was like, okay, I have an hour when I put a movie on for my kid to like, to paint this and that's been tough, but I've done... I don't know if you noticed, but I did some collaborations with her, which has also been cool because I, I've i been wanting to, like, I tend to render my things very, like, crispy and smooth, but I always kind of want to just, like, you know, just kind of make marks and, like, kind of disrupt that, and it's a scary thing to do, like, once you've rendered something to just kind of go over it and, like, scratch it, but, like, doing the collaborations with her it's a back and forth of like she makes the first marks I see what kind of like imagery or shapes I see through that I put like a face on it and she just like I'll work on a face and then she will just like no problem just like bah! like fucking blob of paint like right over the face and I wouldn't do that but it, it's just kind of teaching me to just kind of like just kind of let go and like go crazy with it and then see you know it's a lot of like working with the piece it's like dancing with the piece back and forth until you get to a point that you're like satisfied with and she's teaching me to just like not take it too seriously and just kind of like just go crazy with it <laughs> and these are not simple um pictures that are going to go on the fridge these are these are pieces that you've ended up uh, exhibiting these are yeah i did like I did like three of them or four of them in the beginning of the pandemic and I sold them. I, get, I gifted one to my dad and then I sold them and then I had a gallery here who had a show about like the last year and like quarantine and pandemic and like how people were just kind of dealing with it. So I exhibited like two two of the pieces that I that I did with her because that, that was my life, like at home with my daughter. Um, not really being able to work like I as much as I would have, but trying to make the best of the situation by incorporating her into the process. Does she like your work? 
I think so. I think she recognizes it, which is really cool and crazy to me. Like, even when she was younger and I would travel and then my husband would, like, show her a sticker or something with my work and she'd be like, oh, my mind. And I'd be like, oh, how did she know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's funny. She's not really into the collaborations anymore. Like, I try and I, like, I, I'll chase her around the house with, like, a brush with paint and she's just like, no, no, no. She doesn't seem too into the art right now. I'm hoping that kind of changes, but she seems to be really into music. But now with the studio space, it, it feels freeing. Like at home, I didn't have the space to just go crazy because you're just completely anxious about her getting paint like on the, the walls or the floors. But now I have the space for it. So I look forward to like bringing her here and seeing what what she does and like having her become part of the process um, more. It's two weeks to go till Halloween. You thought of uh, an outfit for her? Yeah, she has, she has two. She's gonna be a, a fucking car. <laughs> we found this little like car thing that just sits over her shoulders, and it's just a car, and she really likes it. Um, when I ask her, "What do you want to be?" she says pumpkin, but I can't tell if that's just like she associates Halloween with pumpkins. So she's like, "Yeah, pumpkins," and she said sandwich, and now she's gonna be a car. But then my husband and I are going to be um, Barbara and Adam from Beetlejuice. So yeah. I bought her a little black dress. We're going to try to get a family portrait where she's Lydia. And yeah, the three of us. <laughs> Halloween's such a wonderful like, time in a lot of parts of the world. But unfortunately here in Spain, it's not that widely observed. Obviously, we've got our own traditions that we can be... Uh, proud of but not many of them involve getting dressed up as a zombie nevertheless there's plenty of films that we can get into to get into the spirit i wanted to know which are your like top three scary movies um for, to inspire people this time of year uh, i don't know i was just watching the shining and i was just like yeah this is like i said i like to have movies on when i when i work and they have to be movies i've watched obviously because i need to just be able to ignore them and The Shining just has such a good score. It's so creepy, like the music. Um, who do you identify like, with The Shining? Who do which, I identify with it? Yeah, which character? I mean, I'd, I'd probably... <laughs> I could see myself in both of them. Um... Sure, I'll play Wendy. I mean, I dressed up as her two years ago. But, uh, the whole all work, no play seems very relatable to a lot of, I feel like, people in this field. Very jacked, like, going crazy because you're working too much. The act you painted was phenomenal as well. Thanks. I'm doing, I'm doing a knife now with her. Because, like, like, every October, there's all these, like, October and, like, Halloween um, challenges, and I always do them. I haven't been able to do as many. Like, I, I haven't been able to do one every day, and this one, I found a list that's really cool because it's just, like, movie characters, and one of them is Wendy again, and I paint a lot of machetes, and it's, it's funny. Like, a lot of friends, if they ever come across, like, an old machete or an old knife or an old axe, they, like, collect them for me and I 
opened my drawer of like machetes and I found a really cool knife that looks like the one she uses to protect herself. <laughs> so I'm painting her on it again for the challenge. Um, awesome. We're going to look forward to seeing that on your Instagram <laughs> in the near future. Oh yeah, I should also ask if, if you've got anything to plug. Man, I have nothing coming up right now. Like I said, I finally have the time that I've been wanting to just experiment for myself and create for myself there's art week coming up but there's a couple projects that might might not happen there is some incredible artwork on on your big cartel page yeah i'm gonna have my halloween drawings i usually set them for sale at the end of the month on halloween and then i just i just released my first print on my own um last month and that whole experience was really great and yeah, so every print I've ever done has always been through like a like you know one time run or Pangea seed, and it's it's been great because I like the whole process, like everything that goes behind it. It's like I, it's like what I said in the beginning. Like as an artist, I just want to create the thing. I don't want I don't want to have to deal with like the logistics or anything like that. But um, I've kind of taken a break from print sales because I just felt like the last couple ones throughout the years have been kind of slow. And um, during the pandemic, I did a piece that was based off the first mural I ever painted in the in Winwood for Art Basel, which was like that girl with the flamingo wrapped around her. So I did like an updated version version of that oil on board because I feel like my style has also evolved a lot. Like the eyes were always really big, and now everything is just kind of like smaller. So I did the painting, the original painting, still available, and then I. I released the print of it and I I found like a printer that's local. I kept it local. You know, I, I did 50 for the first run and and I did it. The print was only available for 72 hours. It was like a timed release and it felt really cool to just kind of like be behind, like the whole process of like shit, like rolling them up and hand embellishing, signing them, creating my own certificate of authenticity. I, I included little Polaroids of each thing and making all the money myself was also like, (laughs) instead of having to split half of it after expenses. So, um, and I think a lot of people like to hear that the artist is doing that on their own and they feel like they're supporting like the artist directly. Uh, But the piece that I did for the powwow tenure um, exhibit that canvas um i'm really proud of that piece and i just got it back so i'm going to be releasing a print of that one and i'm excited to see how it comes out um but i'll be posting more about that hopefully in the next like month all right then so i just wanted to ask you for one last thing i always ask people for a song to leave us on so we can play it out at the end of the interview can you give me a can you give me a spooky song uh Who sings the song Spooky? Say alright, love is coming 
Love is kinda crazy with a spooky little boy. Like- 